All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. I'm chuckling because the uh, technology um, um, gremlins were getting the best of us there for a brief moment, but we've recovered. Uh, thanks once again for listening to the show. Last week's show uh, was one of our biggest audiences ever, so uh, thank you, and please continue to listen and, and review and rate and all that good stuff. So um, we're, we're excited and pleased to, to bring you everything we know and our opinions and all that kind of stuff. So uh, a big thank you to you for that. Um, we're we're going to jump right into it because I know many of you are listening because you, you've heard all week uh, many of the different takes on what happened at the end of the game Thursday night in Cleveland. So um, we're, we're just going to jump right into that um, and, and give you our, our best opinions on this. And uh, Ben Anderson joining me as always. And, uh, you know, Ben, I, I don't know about you. I mean, I, I was resigned to the loss. It, it was what it was. Uh, I, I was my, my body was gearing down for the evening here on the East Coast. It was 1130. I was ready for bed. And then all of a sudden I see this melee breaking out and a helmet coming in contact with our quarterback's bare head and it was on and I didn't sleep because my emotions were so high. G- give me your general thoughts and then let's just get into everything that we saw with this. Well, first of all, the, the Steelers offense in particular played horribly and the person that played the worst on that unit in my mind was the quarterback. It was, it was, it was Mason Rudolph. Yep. Now, granted, you know, I'm not excusing Randy Fickner. I did not see him call a good game there at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when your quarterback is throwing the ball inside shoulder and giving the other team the chance to pick it off, yeah, you've yeah. got problems. Uh, it doesn't matter how good your receiving talent is if the quarterback can't place the ball where the receiver can catch it. So, yeah, that and the offensive yeah. line uh, did not do a great job picking no. up the the blitzes and stunts that that the Browns were throwing at them and the the running backs couldn't pick up a blitz to save their lives and that included James Conner in the first first mm-hmm. quarter mm-hmm. Conner missed a couple of blitzes and it's just like what is going on with you guys you know is it a coaching issue is it is it a practice issue what the heck is going on with you guys you need to get it together quickly because Mason clearly cannot handle cannot deal with pressure well. He made a, a lot of bad decisions, missed a lot of open reads because he was being pressured. And when you get a rep like that, that's what they're going to throw at you over and over and over again until you show that you can beat those blitzes. That's one of the things that Ben is very good at. Yeah, the blitz is coming. Definitely. He's like, oh, I got this guy in the middle of the field is open. Boop. Not going to pull that crap again, are you? And then they don't. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, the blueprint is there now. I think Cleveland came up with some yeah. uh, some blitzes and things that, that there's no question in my mind Cincinnati's going to be using come Sunday. Well, yeah, but, I mean, honestly, Cincinnati's just not as talented. I mean, they've got <laughs> no, Dunlap, no. they've got Dunlap, and they've got Johnson, but, uh, you know, excuse me, they've got uh, Geno. Geno Atkins. Yeah. But Geno Atkins not, isn't Geno Atkins anymore. He's... You know, he's still above average, but he's not mm-hmm. the great player that he once was. Um, and they're not as talented in the defensive backfield, and their linebackers are slow, and that's why they're 0-10. I mean, they're just yeah. – they're going no place. I th- This is the game to sit your injured players. It really is. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I- I'm not 
ticking it off in the W column already. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, the Steelers should be able to go in there and get a victory. I don't know if they're going to cover. I don't know what the spread is, but I'm sure the Steelers are favored by more than they should be. Given the circumstances, yeah, I think the defense, the Steelers' defense, also did not play well enough. Um, they allowed Mayfield to get out of the pocket, and mm-hmm. and that's how he killed them. I mean, it wasn't. But, you know, I don't know, four plays he made all night, but those four plays were the difference in the game. And, yep. you know, that and, and all the damn picks that Mason threw, those are the difference in the game. And and honestly, when you turn the ball over four times and you don't get any takeaways, you're lucky that you only lost by 14 points. Well, and, and that's exactly what the Steelers had been doing. They They had been turning other teams over. Um, and not turning it over themselves as often uh, and had been able to survive that way. But yeah, when you, when you throw four picks and you don't right. get anything on the defensive side, right. I, I mean, let's be honest here, Ben, this, the Steelers were only down by seven in the fourth quarter. I right. mean, Cleveland until, should have, should have run that game away. And until didn't. that last pick, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. It was, it was a shock to me that they were still in it that late and stunning. Yeah. I mean, I tweeted something this week, and I was just like, you know, basically when you live by the turnover, which is what the Steelers have done, because yeah. it's not like their defense is getting stops when they need them. They're they're creating big plays by getting sacks and getting turnovers, but they're mm-hmm. not getting stops. They're not getting off the field when they need to. They were letting the Browns convert third and sevens, third and eights. Yes. That Ugh. just can't happen, man. The Browns yeah. didn't run for much. You know, they were like three yards a carry overall on the average. Right, right. But when they did get yards, it was when they needed them. And their success rates on third down were ridiculous. And that just can't happen, man. It just cannot happen. The Steelers' D has got to play better than that going forward. I I realize this isn't like – I'm sorry to say this. This is not a Super Bowl year, guys. Sorry. You can can hate me tomorrow if you want, but it's not. Um, this is a young defense. They are on the rise. They are good. They're getting better on a week to week basis. Um, and, and they look good. I, the, the arrow is definitely up. I'm not being negative oh, here sure. at all. Yeah. But no, they're not there yet for people well, to call them elite. And some writers no. have done so that is hyperbole. It is ridiculous. Exaggeration. Don't when, buy when, it. Yeah, when when you're getting three turnovers a game, um, you and I would be elite. Okay, uh, <laughs> this defense is still. Let's not forget Mark Barron's out there, uh, and, and looking uh, sometimes is is lost as a child in the grocery store. Um, I, I mean, he, he his ball skills are just terrible. Uh, you know, his tackling seems to have gotten worse as the season's gone on. We're we're still a little thin up on the front line. Um, you know, Terrell Edmonds, you know, the, the guy is just a wonderful athlete, but again, uh, just, just doesn't do nearly enough for me, um, in, in that capacity. So yeah, the arrow is definitely up on this defense, but there's, there's still plenty of things to attend to as we go forward in this season. And, and of course beyond, um, but yeah, you just can't keep living that way. And I, I think that's, you know, Tomlin talked about what you just alluded to as well about mobile quarterbacks. You know, Baker Mayfield got outside the pocket 
he created time and he found open receivers. And the Steelers have relied on getting pressure, getting sacks, getting quarterback hits. Well, what that does on the back end is those guys don't have to cover as long. Well, right. when the guy now when the quarterback's out of the pocket, now you got to cover longer, and it wasn't right. happening. Right, um, you, and, and the NFL, yeah. you can only you can only hold coverage for so long. Oh. Given the rules, yes. the the fact that you cannot wow. contact the player past five yards, it's holding automatic first down. Um, all of it, you know, you it just favors the passing game so much that yeah. keeping guys locked down for five six seconds is next to impossible. Oh, and yeah. you know, yeah, the quarterback can can extend the play and buy time behind the line of scrimmage. Eventually, he's going to find somebody who's open, and that's that's what happened and he burned us on it and i would hope that going forward what they do is rather than trying to pressure him Mm -hmm. from the sides they try and pressure him from the middle and they've got a a free rusher on the outside so that if he decides that that he's going to try and break the pocket there's somebody standing there going oh yeah well (laughs) that was dumb because now i'm taking you down and, and just keep him in the pocket yeah. and make him throw the ball from the pocket. That's where he is the least dangerous, and that's where you want him. Absolutely. And I, I think the loss of Tuit impacts exactly oh, what yeah. you were just saying there about that interior pressure. You know, and, and Ryan Lindley this week, who's been starting the last two weeks for the for the Bengals, um, he, he's got some mobility. I think he ran for about 40 or 50 yards this week. So, um, you know, it's another guy they're going to have to deal with. We're, we're going to see Kyler Murray down the road, who obviously is extremely uh, mobile. Uh, and of course, we still have a date left with Lamar Jackson too. So we, we we've got right. some mobile guys left, and and Tomlin's absolutely right. They, they've, that's something they've got to uh, deal with there. And and um, uh, make one other thing, those, one yeah. other thing they they're going to have to deal with, and in, in particular on short yardage packages, they had. Um, I hate to say this. They had Javon Hargrave in there on goal line D, and Joel Batonio just yeah handed him his lunch a better way of putting it is took away his lunch money beat him up and took away his lunch money he (laughs) he one-on-one just drove him out of the hole five yards away and basically he created a hole for mayfield that wasn't an easy touchdown he had to get pushed over the pile by his running back but he created a hole that mayfield could exploit and get six points out of yeah, that can't happen. And if you got to put a stronger guy in there to deal with that, then that's what you've got to do because that that cannot happen again. I I would have rather that they put the bigger man, Dan McCullers, in front of Joel Petonio. He's mm-hmm. not a good defensive lineman, but he's very difficult to move. Right. You right. know. Or you know why wasn't Tyson Alu Alu out there? You know, well, maybe he it, was. I think he was actually. At yeah. the end, now that I think about it. Um, it's just, why wasn't he in that spot? Why wasn't he uh, going up against their, their best offensive lineman in Betonio? Well, you and I both like Hargrave a lot. Yeah. The one thing that he's not good at is, is being in those, you know, stout short yardage situations. He's a guy that, that you like to see explosive in the gaps and, and in those situations, it's just not going to happen. He's going to lose those one-on-one battles to those bigger, uh, offensive lineman. So, you know, he's not I, a guy who holds the point very well. He's, he's never exactly, been that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And you can still get 
your I Love Football t-shirt from the guys at 26 Shirts. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, you know, eight bucks from every shirt goes to a very worthy cause, and, and please consider doing that. And uh, over over $600,000, I think, 26 has now donated. So, um, you know, great shirt and, and people doing really, really good in the communities too. So please consider it. Um, let me, uh, b- before we get into what I know everybody wants us to get into, just, just a couple of things. Tomlin spoke today um, on the injury front. Um, Juju is not only dealing with concussion protocol, uh, he's got a, a knee injury. Um, and, and Tomlin, if you read Tomlin's tea leaves, he sounds more concerned with the concussion than he is the knee. Um, but, but again, I've been wrong before on that. Uh, Ola Denier also in protocol, Deontay Johnson also in protocol. Um, and, and you look at the moves made in terms of Deion Kane coming in, um, Quadri Henderson coming in. I, I think they're very concerned about whether those two guys are going to be able to go on Sunday. Um, and then Tuzar Skipper, finally, to the joy of many Steelers fans, uh, is now back in black and gold. He was added to the 53-man roster today. LT Walton, who uh, having knee surgery either today or tomorrow, he's been put on IR. Um, and James Conner, again, as Tomlin always talks about, availability will will dictate. Um, and and he, he's going to be a toss-up, I think, as well going forward. He just re-injured the shoulder during the game. and. Um, uh, it was it was quick, and you know they do have Benny Snell coming back, which I, I'm not. I'm grateful. I'm excited for the kid to see him come back, but at the same time, it, it, it's not like Jim Brown returning here. No, um, you know. So that that's kind of what's what's going on there in terms of uh, personnel moves and things like that. And um, it, it's it's just going to be you know they they got Kareth White as well. They they brought him in, who's a fast guy uh, I think he'll probably be on kick return he runs a sub 4-4 four, four. so uh, it, it's going to be a really really different group of Steelers if if everything holds uh, true so far um, going forward here um, I, I, anything from the personnel moves Ben that you want to comment on no just that uh, yeah. it's pretty clear that Ola's not going to be available this week and that's why they've gone ahead and they've signed skipper they wanted to bring him back anyway i don't know why they didn't do this before um but it begs the question as many times as jay elliott has been signed and bumped Mm -hmm. and signed and bumped and signed and bumped does that is the same thing going to happen to skipper here I well, it's, it, it's a good question, and I think it's going to be all based on who's healthy and who's not week to week. Um, I, I, I will say this. I, I, Chiquillo is also banged up. He's not nearly 100%. And, and Ola has pretty much been not 100% all season, which has been a, a big disappointment because I know a lot of us thought he would be a really, really good third outside linebacker this year, and it, it just hasn't turned out to be that way. Um so I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think it's very possible he's going to be here one week, cut the next, here again, cut the next. I mean, it's just going to be based on on what's going on with injuries and stuff uh, over these final six weeks. Um, but you know what, what we saw of Skipper in the preseason was was good. I mean, he he was an explosive guy on the edge. He was making plays. But again, uh, grain of salt here. You got to remember he's playing against second and third team guys for the most part. 
Um, and, and it's, it's, it's big boy football now. So it's going to be a little bit different. I think any of us that expect him to come out there and, and get two or three sacks and force fumbles that, that, that might be asking him a bit much. Well, I would take it. Don't get me wrong, but it's probably just not, uh, realistic. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's just dive in here, uh, Ben, um, uh, did 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 you think the Cleveland Browns uh, were headhunting on Thursday night? Uh, yeah, I kind of did. Uh, I thought their DBs were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was it was just too coincidental. And then you look at everything that's taken place since. It turns yeah. out that Cleveland is the most penalized team with the most ejections in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least one of those guys, and I don't recall who it was, the second guy who came in and hit Juju in the helmet. I thought he should have been ejected. That was an easy, an easy blow to miss, and he came in anyway and hit him square in the head. Um, so Juju took two shots to the noggin on that one yeah, before he, he went out. Um, so you know you have to think that. Those two guys are going to be fine at the very least. I don't know why there wasn't a flag on that play. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Randall getting ejected. Yeah, that was clear head hunting. Yeah. Um, the first guy who hit Juju, I don't know. It didn't seem to me that it, it necessarily was head hunting. The second guy, yeah, it did. So, yeah, they're being aggressive. That's all mm-hmm. well and good. They made a decision that no matter what, they were going to be the more aggressive team. But they're obviously crossing some lines and mm-hmm. you know i don't want to i don't want to call what all went down dirty yeah i just i i think that they let their emotions and the game and the situation get away from them and they did some things that they shouldn't have done well i i agree with you i i I think that goes without saying. I I think there's no question that they talked probably all week about being a more aggressive team, uh, probably tired of getting pushed around, shoved around by the Steelers, who who they haven't beaten since I think 2014, um, and and they they desperately needed a win to stay alive for any hopes of the postseason. So I think they were basically saying, let's throw caution to the wind, let's be aggressive, and if we cross some lines, we cross some lines, um, but. You know, the other thing that I don't think was discussed much is is that there were two or three plays during the game where Rudolph took a a pretty big hand or arm directly to the face uh, or the head. Uh, and, and you know, we, we've seen those with Ben Roethlisberger not get called. But, of course, we've also seen the other side of that where, you know, if somebody, you know, waves at, at Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or, or whomever, the flag right. comes out. So it, it was definitely apparent to me that they, they wanted to make that statement. Now, as for what happened in the final eight seconds, um, it, is, it is always fascinating to me on the, on the topic of perspective, you know. And, and what I try to do is I try to take off my black and gold glasses and, and I try to look at as much as I possibly can before I start, you know, going, going ballistic, Okay, what I saw clearly, first and foremost, was the swinging of the helmet by Garrett. And I fully expected after it struck Rudolph, I thought for sure he was going to turn face the camera. And I expected to see blood pouring down his face, quite frankly. Um, 
but but amazingly, the angle of the helmet, it, it couldn't have been any better for, for Rudolph in terms of how the helmet hit the top of his head. Um, but there's a lot of people that are putting blame on Rudolph. There's a lot of people saying it's his fault. He started grabbing the face mask first. He kicked him in the groin. I, I mean, wh- what are we... What are we to make of this, Ben? What what did you see from an objective point of view here? Well, overview, okay? You alluded to this already. There were several instances throughout the course of the game where Rudolph was hit in the head by people's arms and or head Mm -hmm. or hands, rather, after the ball was gone. No flag. Um, And typically when that happens to a quarterback and and certain, you know, noted quarterbacks, that's going to happen more (laughs) often than, than it does with others. But when that's happening on a consistent basis to the quarterback and it's not getting called, that's going to get frustrating. Um, For the last five plays, Rudolph was hit by the defensive line. Mm -hmm. Um, The last play where Garrett hit him, the ball was gone. Garrett knew the ball was gone. Okay. I don't think it was a late hit. Like a lot of people are saying, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was, it was a hit where he knew the ball was gone. He hit him. Drove past him, pulled into the ground, swung around, and then laid on top of him and drove him into the ground after the fact. And at that point, you know, Rudolph's just frustrated. Sure. On on top of that, what Rudolph said is his gloved hand, which was his left, got stuck in Garrett's helmet. And he was trying Mm -hmm. to get it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily buy that he was trying to pull his helmet off. A lot of people are saying, yeah, he was trying, he was trying. No, if he was trying, he would have wrapped his fingers around the back of Garrett's helmet and pulled. Pulled it off. He didn't. He was pushing with his other hand against Garrett's helmet, and he had another hand on the helmet. So maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you can definitively say that he was. Okay? And and, and after the fact, Garrett decided that, that Mason had tried to take his helmet off and he mm-hmm. got pissed and decided to take rip hel- uh, Mason's helmet off. So he's picking him up using two hands. Yeah. He's got, he's got Rudolph by the face mask and is picking him up off the ground by the helmet. That's when the kick came. Look, right. there is no way in hell that Rudolph could have aimed for someone's groin. He had two hands in his face <laughs> on his face mask. He couldn't see what he was aiming at. What he was trying to do was get a foot because he was reaching out for the guy and couldn't reach him. Right. So he tried to get a foot on him someplace so he can separate himself from that player. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kicked yeah. him in the groin, kicked him in the groin. Fuck, whatever. You know what? Like, I don't know what people expected him to do. Just sit there like a, you know, like a rag doll and just take it. No. Exactly. Exactly. No. So I don't buy that. I, Will not buy into that excuse. Don't come to me with that trash. That's that's bullshit. Um, at which point, you know, obviously Garrett rips his helmet off. David DeCastro comes in, breaks up the whole thing. Uh, now Rudolph's pissed. Rudolph said that he was going back around DeCastro not to fight with Garrett, but to have words with him. I don't believe him. I think he wanted to fight him. <laughs> okay. So did he escalate the situation? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, did he deserve to get hit over the head with a helmet? No. no. And if you think he did, if you think he did, hear me out, Steelers fans who are saying Rudolph started it. You do not understand escalation of violence. Okay. If I outweigh you by 50 pounds and you shove me and I pick up a brick and hit you in the head, I don't get to claim self-defense. No. 
So don't come to me with that weak-ass shit either. All right? There is nothing there that excuses that. Nothing. Nope. In fact, if he'd hit him in the in the temple, he might have seriously hurt him and or killed him. Mm-hmm. Okay? The two things saved him. One, he got hit right in the top of the noggin. Yep. With the back edge of the helmet, which is already padded, and David DeCastro's arm blunted part of the force when Garrett's arm came down on top of Rudolph. Right. Right. Okay. So that's my take on the whole thing. Was Rudolph responsible? Sure. Partly. And he's going to be punished for it. Does he deserve to be suspended? No, no, he does not. And I'll be honest. If Garrett hadn't swung the helmet, I wouldn't have said that he deserved to be suspended either. I would have just said, well, it's a football fight. And sometimes they get out of hand and you know, things happen. Things like that on the ground, that things like that happen all the time. All the time, and nobody makes a big deal out of it. Well, and that, that was exactly what I had said all week long. I, I said, go to any college game, any program, turn the TV on and watch how many times you see a defender laying on top of a, a, a ball carrier, or in this case, a quarterback after he'd thrown it. And if he's not getting up, you'll see the, the offensive player pushing the guy to get, hey, get off me. And and that's what Rudolph was doing. You're talking about a guy that had played horribly. He'd thrown four picks. Okay. He 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 was getting his butt just kicked over that those last five or six plays. He'd had enough. You know, yeah. I again is is he to partly blame for all of this? Certainly. Is he to blame for Garrett's decision to swing the helmet as if it were a weapon? No. That was Garrett's choice to make that. And I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think this was all just a big football melee. It was. Um, and, and nothing was really going to come of it. But as soon as he swung that helmet, man, you could see the people coming off both sidelines. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, then, I, you know, you know if, if he hadn't swung the helmet, he would have gotten fined. Okay. And he, yeah. he would have been penalized and he would have gotten fined. And all of that would have been, all of that would have gone down still. Mm-hmm. But he would not have gotten suspended. He would not have gotten ejected from the game. They just would have said, go back to your sideline, cool off. And that would have been the end of it. I mean, all of the guys that aren't on either team that have commented about this this week have have all said to a man Mm -hmm. that there are worse fights than this in practice regularly. That, I mean, that. Basically, the 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 unwritten rule is as soon as the guy's helmet comes off, you stop fighting unless both guys aren't wearing helmets, and then occasionally guys are throwing fists. <laughs> right. But that it's just football, basically. Sometimes there are fights like this, and it happens. And an hour later, the guys are talking, and everything's okay. And the next week, you know, they're teammates, mm-hmm. and they're going out to play football together. And it's not a big thing. This was a really bad public fight. and. Yeah. Miles Garrett should absolutely be disciplined harshly because it serves as not only a deterrent to him to never do it again, but to other players who might as well. And, and guys need to think about that. They do. They, they can't do things like this. That, that just can't happen. It isn't just about the, the PR, the public image. It's also about the fact that, I mean, Mason could have been seriously injured. Like, oh, seriously. You I mean, just it was can't, so close. You can't do that. And and you so, and I, well, you you and I both agree that that neither one of us look at Miles Garrett as as the devil here. Okay, no. I, I this guy has a little bit of a history. He he's thrown some punches. He's he's done some things to get flagged and fined. But at the end of the day, he's a he's a football player. He's an aggressive guy. 
um, and, and he made a really, really bad decision. Right. Okay? Steeler players, people have made bad decisions too. Exactly. Um, and, and, and so therefore I, I don't, you know, if this continues every time Miles Garrett plays the Steelers, okay, then I'll probably change my opinion. But right now, I'm not going to look at him as 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 uh, enemy number one for right now. I, I think this was just a mess. It escalated. He made a horrible choice, and and he's paying the price. And he he will. He'll be he'll be out the rest of the year. There's no doubt in my mind. I I agree with you, and I I just want to underscore that I do not think him a bad person. Even I think that he, I look at it from this standpoint. I don't know about you but when i played mm-hmm. i i played right on the edge and i you know people have described it as, as you're, you're out of the field and you're seeing red yeah. and you're you're that close to to firing off and 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 being in battle i mean you're like literally that that close to it but you're focused and you're reining it in and for a second he lost his focus he mm-hmm. lost his composure and that was the result and you can't do that. You just can't. I mean, you can play hard. You can play aggressive. There's a brutality to the game. We all understand that. We all expect it. But what he did was way over the line. That doesn't make him a bad person. It just means he lost control. That's it. Yeah. That's all. And for, for people to say this is this is assault and he should be arrested and blah, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Right. If you really believe that, you either didn't play or you don't remember what it was like because th- that's football. I mean, I'm not saying it's right because it it's not, but <laughs> that kind of thing can happen. And I'm really grateful that it wasn't more serious. Oh, and that there's an opportunity to correct what went down by saying, yeah, um, we know that you know you messed up, but that's not enough you're going to get punished here because we got to set a tone here. Well, you know, the, the game of football, you're, you're asking guys to, to beat the crap out of each other within the rules for hours and hours and hours, days and days and days. And that's going to wear on you. And, and eventually you, you are going to get frustrated. You, you are going to, as you said, you're going to be on that line already. Somebody's going to do something or say something and, you, and you're going to cross the line. And it, it's really not, that much different than a lot of folks we see every day in society who live on the edge, make a poor choice. And, and, you know, then it, it escalates from there. And I, you know, I think, you know, Marquise Pouncey's hearing was, was today. We haven't heard anything yet. I I'm hopeful it's reduced to two games. My gut feeling is nobody gets anything reduced here. Um, I, I think they're going to send a real message not to do this crap. Uh, I, I expect more fines to come down. I think Rudolph is going to see some kind of a fine. I, I suspect a few others as well. Um, but this, this was just a bad look. And, and it, you know, as you mentioned, uh, th- this might have been the best thing in the world to happen to Mason Rudolph because if this never happens, the talk about his his performance is uh, on, on the front page everywhere. Um, but it, but it got moved to the back page because of, yeah. of all this stuff that, that and I, I think that honestly, Mason Rudolph owes Miles Garrett a big thank you because, <laughs> uh, I mean, what should have, yeah. what should have been the storyline for the next 10 days was how badly Mason Rudolph played against the Browns. He played horribly. He was terrible. It was his worst. I don't, was it his worst? It I, I thought overall it was his games. worst. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it was definitely one of his worst games, if not the worst game he's yeah. had this season. And 
you know, I thought he played pretty badly against San Francisco too, but um, yeah, you just, <sighs> and, and I do know that, that people, you know, will suggest, Hey guys, he, he was without Deontay Johnson. He was without Juju and stuff. So and, what? It, well, yeah. Yeah. And, and I get that, but that doesn't mean that you still throw the ball behind your receiver. Exactly. You, yeah. I don't care who exactly. your receiver is. You got to throw placement. the ball in front of him. Ball placement yeah. is on the quarterback. That is yes. his responsibility. And when you're throwing the ball inside shoulder to your receivers and giving the defense a chance to get that interception, that's on you. On you. Not on your DBs. Your DBs can can excuse me, your DBs, your what your receivers. Your right, receivers right. your receivers can play DB in those instances. And, you know, there are there are some instances there where maybe the receivers could have done more. Johnny Holton certainly could have done more to catch Ugh. the damn ball. Ugh. But that said, ball placement was an issue all mm-hmm. night for Mason, and that can't continue. I mean, I truly believe that he's a better player than he has shown us this season. But, man, it's on him to prove it. He's got to do it. I mean, I yeah. don't know what's going on with that guy, but. He's got to get out of his own head. You know, Tomlin talks about all the t- that all the time, where Mason needs to take more time and relax. Yeah. Uh, that Mason works so hard at, pre- at preparation that maybe he's he's going over the line mentally. And maybe, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's creating some anxiety for himself in the process. Uh, I, I, I mean, Tomlin didn't say anxiety. He just said, you know, he needs to relax a little bit more. I tend to believe that, he's got some issues that he's in his own head right now. I mean, he, he missed a lot of wide open reads on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's tough to, to turn around after a, a four twenty five game on Sunday yes, and play on Thursday night. I get that. I don't want to discount that, but the other team had to do it too. And Mason was not good. He just wasn't. Well, you know, and, and let me shift just a little bit here because you know what is going on with this offensive line now uh miles garrett incident aside is a, is a very good football player and he is. he's he's had his way with alejandro villanueva before um but but it, it was bad i mean he, villanueva didn't have an answer for him all night long the whole offensive line just does not get the push it needs especially in those short yardage situations um, I, I mean, we've heard for years how great this offensive line is, and something is not right. Now, is it Mike Munchak being gone? Sure, that's probably got something to do with it. But what are you seeing that just isn't working with this group right now? Uh, Foster isn't the same player this year yeah, yeah. that he was. Um, I don't think that Pouncey had a particularly good game. Versus the Browns either. Um, he had a couple of errant snaps. I saw one play where he absolutely got pancaked. It wasn't a very pouncy-like uh, performance. It, mm-hmm. you know, it was a little disappointing. Um, you know, <sighs> Al always struggles with Garrett. I don't. Yeah. It's like Garrett is just tailor-made to beat Al. And he seems to be the guy that he has the biggest issues with. And, you know, that's 
that's football too. I mean, mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. you run into that one guy that you just you just struggle with no matter what, and it's always a battle every single time you go out there. And for Al, it's Miles Garrett. It, it, Garrett does an amazing job of uh, strength to speed, switching the combination around a little right. bit. But the big thing is the way he gets inside of Al and and just bull rushes him. And and you know, as we've talked many many times on this show. Al has that build that just isn't conducive to being a better offensive tackle. Um, and, and, and Garrett takes advantage of that. And as yeah. you said, it, it's just one of those matchups. Um, it what, really what, is. Yeah. You know, um, so this week we'll obviously see uh, BJ Finney will be in at center. Right. Um, that'll, that'll be the only change. And then um, certainly they're going to have to have, well, uh, well they're, could be others, but uh, yeah, but, I mean, Derwin Gray is gonna, <sighs> he's probably going to get a hat. I'll bet you. I I think so too. You and know, I've which heard... means a roster move. I I don't know who else they would put in a at guard unless they decide to move. Well, there's been a rum, there's been a rumbling that Chukes. That, yeah, yep. yeah, you could, you could, you could, yep. you could dress Chukes, and if you had an issue at guard, you can move Filer over and then put Chukes at right tackle. So that's yeah. probably what they'll end up doing. Yeah, and, and you, I, you know you dress seven guys, so yeah, it's who it's the regular five, and then um, Banner and Chukes. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that's what you're looking at. Um, you know, and, and running back wise this week again, Ben, you're you're looking at another running back by committee more than likely because you know Connor is not going to be 100 percent even if he does go. Um, you know, Ian and I were chatting today. I I don't know that Samuels is 100 percent from his knee. He doesn't seem to have the burst that he did before. Yeah. Um. You know, so I, I'm wondering about him. And, and and again, I think it's great that Benny Snell's coming back. But, um, you know, what, what can we really expect out of him? So, Benny this, Snell, this... Benny Snell is not good. I'm sorry, Steelers well, fan. No, he, he's Benny Snell. He's not. He's he's better than Trey Edmonds because right. he can see, and Trey Edmonds apparently cannot see. Um, but he he's not like you pointed out before. He's not Jim Brown. I mean, I I just don't I don't think he's a wonderful player saying he's better than Trey Edmonds is setting the bar pretty damn low. It, it's fantastic that we've got enough running backs mm-hmm. to be able to run the, the, uh, the running back by committee. But as you pointed out a minute ago, they're running it out of necessity, not because they want to. Well, yeah, they got to take some pressure off of Rudolph. I mean, because he's in a position where he's almost having to throw it all the time because they constantly find themselves in second and eight, second and nine, third and seven, third and eight. Um, yeah. it, it's just, they, they've got to do better. Randy Feekner has got to do better in those first down situations, getting these guys in, in, in second and shorts and third and shorts, which of course, third and short isn't all that great anyway, because we can't convert. How much time so, do we have left? What, what just, do we got? Just a, just a minute or two. What do you, what do you uh, want to go? Uh, I just, I wanted to throw the, the fans a bone here and, and talk sure. about Randy Feekner a little bit. He, yeah. he has not been good no. guys. He has no. not, um, that said, I'm not giving the players a pass because their execution has been bad too. But Randy has been awful. I mean, he just – you're right when you say that the coaching has been an issue, the play calling has been an issue. It has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's – you know, the the play calling wouldn't look as bad if the execution was better. And that's the point I try to drive home when we talk about this. Yeah. But I, I'm not telling any of you that you're wrong about Randy. He's not – 
done a good job. And Randy basically is, for the lack of a better way of putting it, he's the administrator of Ben Roethlisberger's offense. And -hmm. that's why he has the job. And he probably will keep it next year. I hate to tell you that, but even if they go 5-11 and and don't win another game. As long as seven's coming back, he's coming back. Ben will save him. And he will probably have the job until Ben retires. And when Ben does retire – I wouldn't be shocked to see Randy retire too. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think for me, just to close things out with Feetner, you know, when when you are limited with what you have, you you have to take what you have and do the very best you can with it. And and I just don't. The flea flicker was was a perfect example. Why? What the hell was that? I, I mean, I we're averaging two yards a carry, so let's call it flea flicker. That'll work. I mean, what the. It, f- I went back. I mean, I went back to my old coaching days, and and I and I started thinking to myself. I, I, I mean, I, I've seen middle school coaches know better. If you're not running the ball, the flea flicker is not going to be effective. Don't do it. God, you know. But I, I just and, and I felt that that's the position he was in. Was it was almost like, well, geez, nothing else is working. I guess I'll call this. And of course, it led to an interception. But. Um, yeah, Fickner has got to put these guys in better positions. And yes, you're absolutely right. Execution is a huge part of it too. Um, but but you know they can each help each other, and I yes. I really think that's what they need to do this week. And no question, you know he, he can he can help those guys be better executors. He can by calling better plays. There's yeah. no question by by calling plays that put them in a better position to be successful. But the guys right now aren't executing yeah. basics. They're not blocking. No. They're not catching. They're not throwing the ball where it can be caught. The running backs aren't hitting the holes when it's obvious where they're at. They're running in the middle when there's a hole on the right or the left. It's things like that that are killing them. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's you, you hope that this little bit of extra time they've had for some film study, some walkthroughs that that maybe they've been able to to adjust to some of that. It's not going to get fixed in one week. I know that. But, um, hey, you know, it's it's Bungles week. We go to Hinesfield West. I had to laugh at Mike Tomlin. He must have said hostile environment about six times today. He does realize that the stadium will mostly be Steelers fans, I think. Um, but anyway. Uh, I wonder. Oh, I, I think it will. I think it will. We, we always – we always show up to Cincinnati, even when they're doing well. But I, I don't see too <laughs> if, many bones. If you can get tickets, and I don't think it'll be a problem this year. No, no, it will not. And, hey, that'll do it for us tonight. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and thank you to 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. So for Ben, this is Steel Dead signing off. And, hey, go Steelers.